This program deals with themes of an adult nature and is intended for a mature audience. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside of this world. We must guard against the military-industrial conflict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I'm as proud as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! The power they took from the people will return to the people. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. Shall I tell you what I find beautiful about you? You are in charge of the best when things are worse. Sooner or later, though, you always have to wake up. Be skeptical, but don't close your mind. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas. And I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, please make yourself at home. I want to thank you, Veritas member, for making the truth journey a reality. Please subscribe at VeritasRadio.com to listen to all segments of tonight's interview and all of our material. And don't forget you can buy MMS directly from us. Stop looking elsewhere. Buy from the source you trust. You can also buy all our seasons in high-quality audio and our futuristic metal-cased USB drives, including bonus material. Go to the Veritas store for this and much more. And to get in touch with us for member support, media inquiries, you want to be a guest or are a whistleblower, there's a link for you by clicking on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. On March 5, 1984, José Escamilla videotaped 16 minutes of UFO footage in broad daylight, nine miles south of Roswell, New Mexico. He thought this would be the only UFO encounter he and his family would ever have. But 14 days later, he captured something on videotape that would forever change his life. He discovered something flying in the skies that just didn't look normal. At first, he thought they were insects flying close to the video camera. After a number of tests, he found out they were not insects. He found out they were not birds. Instead, 
he discovered something that will forever change the way we accept reality. They are called rods, and they are appearing everywhere, all over the world, even over my shoulder during my History Channel appearance. We'll discuss NASA, the moon, and the concerted effort by the intelligence apparatus to marginalize his work, and much more. Jose Escamilla is our special guest. Coming up, right now, on Veritas. Jose Escamilla is a producer, director, composer, truth seeker, and discoverer of the Rod phenomena. On March 5, 1994, Jose Escamilla videotaped 16 minutes of UFO footage in a broad daylight, nine miles south of Roswell, New Mexico. He thought this would be the only UFO encounter he and his family would ever have. But 14 days later, he captured something on videotape that would forever change his life. He discovers something flying in the skies that just did not look normal. At first, he thought they were insects flying close to the video camera. After a number of tests, he found out they were not insects. He found out they were not birds. Instead, he discovers something that will forever change the way we accept reality. They are called rods, and they are appearing everywhere, all over the world, even to me during my History Channel appearance. Some of his films are Roswell Rods, Interstellar, UFO The Greatest Story Ever Denied, Moon Rising, Luna, Moon Views, Celestial, and others. And directly from Southern California, I'm so happy to finally have Jose Escamilla on Veritas. Hello, Jose, and welcome to Veritas. How are you? Good, good. It's great to be on your show, finally. Finally. After so many years, and you know... I bet you 99.9% of the people that listen to the show already know who you are. But before we start, Jose, there's a a very important event. And maybe for those people who who may not know who you are, March 5th, 1994. I believe this is what started it for you. Can you describe that event? Yeah. uh, At that time, I was in Roswell, New Mexico. That's my hometown, by the way. Is that right? Yeah, and I was visiting my mother and my sister. Uh, my brother and I had just finished uh, premiering a film uh, in Santa Fe, New Mexico, um, a couple of months, uh, like in uh, January, right after, right after the Northridge earthquake. And uh, I decided to stay in town and visit my family for a few weeks because we were doing uh, three other movies later that year. So it had been years since I'd seen my mom, you know, <laughs> living here in L.A. Mm-hmm. So uh, this particular Saturday uh, afternoon, I get a call from my sister. and She's out at the ranch. I mean, I was in Roswell staying at her house. Um, but she calls me from the ranch, which was nine miles south of Roswell. It's an area called Midway. And it's two miles south of where the former Walker Air Force Base was, the 509th squadron where they actually took the alien bodies to the original hangar 18 there and so um she calls me and she says jose bring the video camera there's ufos out here and i you know at first i was incredulous about it but um i drove out there and it was a clear blue sky there were no clouds and um 
there appeared, I, you know, I was wait, I was looking to see, um, you know, John uh, Spielberg type UFOs, you know, huge hovering objects, Billy Meyer type stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. But but that's not what was happening, and um, they um, they were actually real high in the sky, and right at twelve o'clock. And at first glance, I said, "Oh man, that's a weather balloon." But then, as, as soon as I said that, this thing just uh, zoomed and, and you know, formed a, a right angle angle turn and then back to where it was. And I go, that's not a weather balloon. They don't do that. So it was just hovering there. And I filmed that day. I filmed 16 minutes on the video camera. That's that's all the time I had left on the battery. And um, it was just an amazing thing. And I'd never seen UFOs on video um, much like this, because when I started looking at the uh, footage uh, back in Roswell, I had a little edit base set up. Um, I kept seeing these little flashes, you know, and dots appearing and stuff. And I go, well, maybe that's dirt or noise, you know, video noise. But there were lots and lots of UFOs. When I started going frame by frame, these things were appearing in the fields of video, not video frames the fields which are in between there's actually 60 frames per per uh, second in a video and they're um the ones that we don't see are called fields so these things were high velocity objects and um <clears throat> that day we filmed close to 75 different types of ufos that have been recorded over the years um dome-shaped objects triangles uh cigar-shaped um Got other strange shapes too. There was one that looked like a diamond, and there was another one. You know how they these kids play jacks? Yeah. There was an object that just zipped through the sky, flipping, and it looked just like a you know one of those jacks. Mm-hmm. It's just weird, man. A lot of the young people may not remember playing with that thing when you were a kid and a little ball. Yeah. <laughs> so we didn't know that um, this was the only time that we'd see UFOs there. Uh, it just turned out that, um, they were appearing there all the time, all these years. I just, we just never looked up. My sister looked up that day and, um, these UFOs were there. And finally, uh, when the batteries ran out, I went home, but, um, it was amazing. I mean, it was just an amazing thing. So we contacted Clifford Stone and at that time, John Price, who was the owner of the Enigma Museum, which was located at the entrance of the old air base. <clears throat> to have to have them come out and look at the video footage, and it took a week to get them to come over. But um, once uh, once they saw this stuff, then you know they started going, "Oh my gosh," you know. And then uh, on on March nineteenth was uh, I got a call from Becky, and they said, uh, "Becky's my sister." Mm-hmm. She said, "Hey, they're back, so come out here." And I went out there, and I had my girlfriend with me, Karen. She was visiting from Denver. We went out there, and that's the day that we filmed the first Rods. And uh, she named them Rods because she's a former nurse, and she said uh, that's they look like these things that appear under a microscope that have these little appendages on the, on both sides of the torso, and they are mm-hmm. called Rods on a medical dictionary. So um, that's where the term Rods came from. Good. That that's I I was wondering where the term came from, but I can understand it now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It was named after a bacteria. So um, 
I started, you know, at first glance when I I could see them in the viewfinder zipping by the camera, and I said, oh, that's a bug, that's a bird, you know, because we have insects and birds there at the farm, and um, <clears throat> but when uh, we looked at the footage later that evening, uh, on the uh, on the deck and, and the editing bay, going frame by frame, we were filming at a high shutter setting at that time, which was one one thousand, I believe it was, no, one two thousand. And uh, <clears throat> what that made it apparent was that these things were not insects, they were not birds, because you could see birds flying by clearly. You could see their little legs and, you know, their feathers. That's when you shoot at the high shutter setting, that's the clarity you get. And then insects, you could see the antennae, you could see the, the flapping of the wings, you could see the little legs, and you could see, you could make out that it was an insect, whether it was close to the lens or a short distance or far away. You could tell an insect. I mean, you know, you shooting at the shutter setting. But then when these rod things would fly by, they look like flying snakes. And um, that's where we started looking at this phenomenon and saying, wow, this is really strange. I've never seen anything like this. Flying snakes, flying serpents. So, you know, we started the filming every day from March 19th on after that. And, uh, man, we, Mel, we caught... So much footage. I mean, before you knew it, we had over 2,000 hours of UFO footage. Wow. UFOs were appearing there almost every day, every other day, that kind of thing. I mean, we had um, we had this one white sphere that hits the tail end of a white jet that passes over by. And here's the thing. Our property at Midway is located two miles south of the base. Now, I remember when I was a kid, the, the big Boeing, seven, uh, fit, Boeing uh, 50, B-52s used to take off, and we'd see them taking off, and then they'd make a circle and, and fly right over our property, okay? And uh, that's the track that they would fly, the path they would fly, and then they would gain more altitude, fly back over the base, and then they would head towards White Sands Missile Range, where they would do test bombings and stuff. We used to see that stuff in the 50s, late 50s when we were kids and um, still today the jets do when they take off from the, the air base there the, the, or the uh, industrial air center uh, they fly right over our path to gain altitude I guess that's just been the trend you know for whatever reason so um, we have footage of UFOs that are chasing planes there one of them seems to you know how a hawk I mean a sparrow flies at a hawk that's too close to the nest mm-hmm it kind of taps it on the wing and, and then flies away. That's what this one UFO did. It hit this jet on the tail section as if uh, wanting to shoo it away or something. And we have that on footage. We also shot an F-15 or an F-14, I believe, that flew low to the ground right over our property. And, you know, what we used to do, Mal, is we'd set up cams, uh, camcorders. We had three uh, at different parts of the property because uh, these were certain locations where we were getting a lot of activity in the sky. And this one camera, we had set it up facing towards uh, the east. And um, it, um, it it has this jet that just flies right over. And it flew pretty low to the property. You know, it might have been filming our property. I don't know. But it was low. I mean, it was, it was like, barely, you know, barely like about 500 feet, which is not too, you know, it's not high. Probably doing reconnaissance on your property. Yeah, it could have been. But this one jet flies by, and then 17 seconds later, 
A sphere the size of a basketball flies by, following that jet. A metallic sphere, and that was just odd footage. And, you know, the camera took that. We weren't even attending the camera. Um, you know, we, we saw that. We had a thing called, um, um, when we review the tapes, gosh, what, what did we call it, Matt? Scanning. Scanning the tapes. And a two-hour tape would take sometimes like 10 to 15 hours. Because at times we'd see a zip, what I used to call a zip, which is a high-velocity object. So you would and slow it, it down. We'd have to go frame by frame to see yeah. what it was, you know. And because um, even insects sometimes go real fast, and then when you slow it down, you go, "Oh, that's an insect that's mm-hmm. got wings," you know. But there was a lot of stuff, man. There were spheres, there were uh, uh, the rods, and there were um, other type of strange-looking shapes, you know, that we'd never mm-hmm. seen before. And um, I finally contacted. Um, um, we, I mean, we were on the newspapers. We were on Albuquerque Journal and Roswell Daily Record. We were on TV and all that kind of stuff. And I finally got hooked up with hard copy. And that's where um, I started getting notoriety, me and my family at that time. And um, we were on hard copy about three times. We were on sightings twice. And uh, did practically every UFO show, encounters, you name it, you know. Um, I did the Danny show, that Danny Bonaducci show, uh, the Lisa show. I did, um, the Geraldo Rivera show. And, you know, did a lot of, got a lot of exposure inside edition and everything else. And we showed a lot of our early footage on there. Did they treat the topic with respect? Yes, they did. Good. Yeah. With the exception lately of, uh, you know, Monster Quest and the History Channel, which debunked me, you know, they did their best to, um, to um, um, make it known that rods are nothing but flying insects. And they did all these camera tests and everything. But what the audience doesn't realize is that, you know, I have been telling people do not shoot um, in any lower shutter setting, lower than, two, you know, whatever your highest shutter setting is. Shoot at the highest shutter setting and in broad daylight. Forget about nighttime because that compromises your quality and you have to shoot automatically at a lower shutter setting, and anything passing by becomes a blur. I mean, you could throw a, um, a baseball, and it'll it'll look like a, a elongated shape. That's right. And see uh, what what History Channel did and Monster Quest is they uh, deliberately deliberately did the high speed camera tests at night. And uh, their claim was the reason they didn't do the broad daylight ones because they were shooting for hummingbirds. <laughs> you know, during the day, but the hummingbirds didn't show up and they had to settle with what, you know, what they had. Well, that's BS, man, because if they would have done, they would have contacted me. And, they, and see, they never contacted me about any of the tests or anything. Otherwise, I would have told them, no, you're not doing no nighttime tests. You're going to do it in broad daylight and you're going to do it over here where I know there's rod activity. You know, we'd have gone to Roswell and guaranteed there's rod activity there. So uh, they deliberately avoided doing the broad daylight test because they know they would have gotten different results. Okay? So, uh, but the, the viewing audience says, oh, that's all it is. It's just insects. They proved it. No, they didn't prove anything. Even the interior test with the uh, paintball thing, uh, they had to set the camera at a low shutter setting because it was indoors. And it was not lit artificially. It was just regular lighting. So what do you do? You have to set that at the auto setting or normal setting, uh, which allows you to shoot outside and inside easily. 
but anything you shoot inside is going to be blurry. Mm -hmm. They deliberately knew that. The guy at Panasonic. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.